0: Man, it used to be cooler to slip a bird to the system And now it's trendy to be triggered and pretend you're a victim It's my race, it's my weight, it's because I'm a Christian I hate the internet and anyone who has an opinion And everybody angry if you say white Okay, fine, pass me the brush and I'll paint my face to the shades right Let's talk about abortion, sorry, tell me how this works Bacteria is life on Mars, but a heartbeat isn't Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the Patriot's Prayer Podcast And uh, You know, yesterday I called the podcast more of the same. I mean, for good reason. I mean, every time you read the news, you pick up a newspaper, the headlines are more of the same. (laughs) doesn't take a genius to figure that out. But I continually have been getting those uh, comments from people that I'm a bigot and all these sorts of things, which is obviously means I won the argument and they don't got a leg to stand on. Uh, <laughs> it's quite funny, actually. See, I'm one of those people, and, and, and my mom used to hate it when I was growing up. You know, The adults in general used to hate it. Uh, I'm one of those people that used to poke just to see how mad I could get you, because the madder you get, the funnier it was to me. And that that's exactly who I am. <laughs> And I've been through enough. I've been through the system more than once. It took a lot for me to change my life and and to get it back on track. Uh, It took a lot of me uh, looking in the mirror and holding myself accountable for all the mistakes I made and not blaming anyone else for my shortcomings. So any of the things you hear me say here on the Patriots Prayer Podcast are from very good experience. I don't speak from some uh, ivory tower uh, with condescension. I speak from experience. I grew up in the inner city of Baltimore. I grew up on ketchup sandwiches and putting syrup on toast and calling it French toast. I grew up eating at friends' houses when I couldn't eat. I grew up in a house that was very, very much affected by the opiate epidemic. And still do have a lot of people that I know and care about quite a bit that are affected by the opiate epidemic. I saw a lot of things, a lot of violence, a lot of violence both in my time in the system where I did hard time, not easy time. Not time in some camp somewhere or in a fed system somewhere like people think it is. No. No. I'm not always been the person that you see sitting before you. I went through a program ran by a guy named John Ponder. The program was called Hope for Prisoners. Your patriots out there will remember, John was pardoned by President Trump. I've, st- I've told this story before. And um, during that, that that time when Trump pardoned him, um. I remember Trump addressing the program that he ran and what it was about. So I went and checked it out, and I met with John, talked with him, talked with him. We still talk. I I, I am a big fan of the work that he does to try to keep people in the community uh, from reoffending and helping them get gainful employment, helping them become men and women accountable and responsible and upstanding citizens. And mending the relationship they have with their community, which means mending the relationship with them and the police. So we have very good uh, relationships with the police in our community. We don't see them as our enemy. They're not our enemy. Quite frankly, um, they do a job that not a lot of people would want to do, especially today after the way the Democrats have denigrated them for the job that they do defunding, constantly blaming them for anything and everything. and Police are a target, and it's terrible, and it needs to stop. It needs to stop. And the incitement on the left uh, toward police officers and, and, and the way that they speak uh, about law enforcement is, is terrible, and, and it's apprehensible in my book that they would even do any, any such thing at all. Now, I want to also, uh, I, I say all that because I want people to understand and get a very good understanding of of, of who I am. So, no one comes out, you know, down the road and, you know, what, here's here's what the Patriots, you know, that all guys, I've been up front from the very beginning. I had a hard road. I had a hard road, and I lost everything I owned. I lost everyone I loved because of my mistakes. It wasn't theirs. It wasn't their mistakes. It was mine. And that's the difference between me and you leftists. I recognized my mistake, and I took steps to fix my mistakes. I took steps by looking in the mirror, not outwardly. Then I made promises to myself that I kept. And I made promises to my community that I kept. And I stay involved and I'm still involved. And I'm never going to not be involved. Because I know all too much, uh, all too well rather, uh, what it's like to be or at least to feel like you're out on an island and there's no one there. No one understands or gets you, and you really don't have a means or a ways to get from A to B. And that's why Hope for Prisoners is there, because that's exactly what they do. They give people hope, and not only do they just give them hope, but they work with them. Make sure they get the counseling they need, they get the jobs they need, whatever it is that individual might need, some need more, some need less. Some people go to the program homeless. And a lot of people that do end up being in gainful employment. Looking back, some of their mentors are sergeants and just police officers and detectives and you name it. They play golf together. This guy used to be in a maximum security prison, and now he's on the golf course playing golf, playing golf with a police officer or a detective. Not because they're in some snitch CI relationship. Because they respect one another and this person has changed his ways and they recognize it. So they don't blame the police officer for things he's done wrong when the police officer was just doing his job. And nor does he want to be a part of upholding that same culture that forces him to reoffend by acting like what the police officer does is bad. No, we stand with them in solidarity. The job that they do is a very important one and the people they protect need to realize that. And they need to stand with and behind those police officers as they do their jobs and quit looking for reasons to blame them or look at them as some kind of an oppressive force because they're not that. They're not that. But I digress. So... I have a checkered past that I've gotten well beyond, and then some, and I, um, I, 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 had, I had a problem in those days with holding my temper. Been to maximum security facilities, been in there with a lot of dangerous folks, and I sit here before you today, hold, completely hold. I want you to ask yourself how I did that. How did I come out whole? How did I come out with the respect of the people in those places where I was? It's not for bragging rights. Anyone who stands on this kind of stuff like it's cool, it's not. And anyone who's been through it, they, they know it's not. But it is a, a, a sign of strength. There's someone that can go into a place like that around people who are full-on sociopaths who, quite frankly, will take lives and not blink and not lose any sleep that night whatsoever. Matter of fact, they look forward to the tattoo they might get as a result of whatever work they put in. So, when I say the things that I say on here, when I address issues that I address on here I want you to understand fully that I do this out of the love of my heart to protect children to get the truth out to honor my God and to stand up for my family and my country so any any at all misinterpretation of my intentions or why I'm doing something. Is, is easily rejected. And not only that. Understand this. I'm not afraid. Not a little bit. Not a lot. Not at all. I wouldn't do this if I was. I wouldn't say these things if I were. I stand on them. I don't care if the whole world around me changes. I will stand in the center of that with double barrels waiting for you, telling you, I don't care, you're all wrong, and I'm staying exactly who I am, and my beliefs will not waver whatsoever. I think you people that go along to get along, or just try to find some way to respect everybody because you have replaced the term or the real idea behind the term of respect with cowardice. You just call it respect. You don't want to say what it is you believe. You don't want to stand on anything that may upset somebody or make them angry. And it's not because you respect them that you don't tell them you disagree with them. It's because you're scared that you don't tell them that you disagree with them. Now, the world I want to live in, that I wished we live in, that we could live in, rather, is one where we can share ideas. One where your opinion and my opinion at the end of the day are just that, but the law governs the country. And so no matter what side of the aisle you're on, that law should apply to you or me. It should apply evenly. And guys, this is... This is uh, almond milk. I don't know if any of you have, I mean, I just got, within the last month, I got turned on to this. Because I, I didn't like milk. I can't stand milk. And, but this here, this almond milk and, and that coffee cup. You can go get that on the Patriot's Prayer if you like. Um, yeah, this, this is, is amazing stuff. It is really good. Replace it in your cereal, whatever you got, definitely replace it. You'll love this stuff. It's amazing. I'm not a big soy person, but this almond milk is just, oh my God. It's good. But, back to what I was talking about here. So, a few days ago, we did a a story uh, about a a person who called uh, himself Tara. Uh, And he was calling for trans people to arm up. And He was saying that basically that we can protect our children at our own peril. Or if we want to die on the hill of our moral majority, we're more than welcome to. Because if we should so happen to tell Tara that he can't use the restroom, that Tara made claims that he'd be willing to shoot people for that very thing. To quote Tara, he said, that will be the last thing you ever do. The last thing you ever do. And that podcast ignited people that you would have never imagined that would stand up and take up for such a comment. This is why they can't be taken seriously. Because a person that has any common sense would say, Yeah, I may agree with someone being transgender. I don't, you know, I I let people be whatever. I'm an American if that's what they choose to do. But threatening people and and making statements like that and and saying protect your children at your own peril. And then they don't condemn the comments. But they simply sit there and call you a bigot for defending your way of life and, 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 and calling out this person. Just tells you they don't care because they have an agenda. They get they're gonna get from here to here, and they don't care how they have to do it. You know they're getting is what, the ends justifies the means. You can point out the truth, and they'll just say so what and throw up a like story. Like they like to throw up the fact that they can have uh, run stories or, or put up things about uh, priests or uh, uh, people on the right that that have you know in some way shape or form it may have hurt children, as if we stand for those guys, but just not, we don't mind if they do it, we just mind if the transgenders do it, or, that's, you have never heard that come out of the mouth of anyone with any kind of common sense, we condemn evil, no matter where we see it, that's how we're different, that's why we're different, that's why you shouldn't matter, you should not Matter the moment that you are sitting there willing to defend and take up for such a statement and do such a thing. From that point forward, you should not matter. If you come to us with a little bit of sense and you're able to say, you know what, that's wrong. I don't stand with that. Obviously, I'm part of that community, but I'm not with that. We can have a conversation. I can talk to people like you. Matter of fact, I do talk to people just like you. People who are transgender, people from the uh, LGBT community. I got friends that are like, I mean, come on. What world do we live in here? But what the news likes to do is make you think. The press, social media, everything else, they like to make you think that everyone who belongs to those communities are exactly the same, and they're not. But as a Christian there is obviously uh, a line in which I I don't cross. I deal respectfully with people that I know and treat them with every bit of uh, uh, human decency and respect. But there's a line I won't cross. I I won't go to weddings uh, if they're of a homosexual nature. And it's not because I hate the people at the wedding. No, it's because I live and breathe and have faith in a God Who says that I can't? And that's my lifestyle. I will respect you to make your own choices and walk your own way and choose your lifestyle. And I just expect you to do the same for me. It's that simple. It's not hard. We're not trying to be divisive. We're not out here saying uh, anything at all. Um, We're not calling for violence on anyone. Uh, anything like that. I mean, as far as casting aspersions and, and calling people out for idiotic statements, don't make them if you don't want to call, be called out. It's that simple. If you, if you don't want someone to make you look like an idiot, and you don't want someone to respond to you or react in a, in a way in which uh, would affirm that this is where we are and we're going to protect our children no matter what, no matter what you say, this is the one area. So here's where I think that they made the mistake, and I've said it time and time again. They went after kids and and, and they tried to go start going into the schools and they started getting at the educators and the educators now using their platforms to indoctrinate the children in, in schools all across the country. It's been brought to light in multiple states over and over again, documented secret LGBTQ clubs and so forth. First of all, if you have to keep it a secret and it's at school, there's obviously something wrong with that. When counselors uh, are uh, doing gender-affirming care and therapy for uh, kids in school that they then keep completely secret from the parent, there's a problem with that. There is absolutely a problem with that. And if someone did that to a child of mine, ooh, let me tell you, boy, that's not going to be something that I'm just going to be looking the other way for or I'm just going to have strong words about. You're messing with my kid's head and kid's life. You've taken it upon yourself without any care for the fact that that's my child. And you are going to go, man, listen. That's a whole different side of me you don't want to see. And I'm sure that's exactly how parents feel about it. Now, is it to say that we're transphobic because I feel that way? No. It's because you took it upon yourself. To take the authority and the respect and the role of a parent away from them and conduct secret therapy on a child, in some cases that's so young, that there's no way they should be sitting sitting in a therapist's office without the parent knowing about it. It's that simple. This is not hard. This is not hateful. This is complete common sense. And anyone that doesn't feel the same way. These these are not political issues. They should not be seen as political issues. These are not right and left. This is right and wrong. And I keep telling people that. Right and wrong need to count for more than right and left. That simple. Now, we have a, a representative uh, uh, in, in, in Montana. And... This one, uh, this, this person's name is Zoe Zephyr. Now, Zoe the other day made some just crazy statements. Crazy statements in front of everyone. And now after, you know, after she said it, it became hyperbolic. But I want you to listen to how graphic. Listen to the picture this person paints. And she says the blood of, uh, uh, of, of the children uh, that don't receive gender-affirming care while being children like 11, 12, young, young kids, that their blood will be on the hands of this legislature. Where I tend to think, I tend to think, that people who kids and are okay with that, they have blood on their hands. That's the truth. Listen to what she says.
1: What we will say is if, I, if you vote yes on this bill and yes on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation, when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands and the only thing
0: I, w- I, I can't listen to no more guys we are we've 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 went across the mark we've crossed the line I don't know when it happened I don't know how it happened but we need uh, we need decency and common sense to prevail once again We're fighting for the soul and the heart of our country, of our society. And I understand there are many people out there that don't want to judge, call names, or see anyone hurt, and and neither do I. But affirming someone's uh, delusion, and and and, and by doing so, um, telling them to believe the lie, you're not helping them. You're not helping anyone by doing that. Do you really think that you're helping someone? If 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 I were if I were having auditory hallucinations or I was having regular hallucinations, and I go to my doctor and I say, Doc, I'm having some hallucinations and I'm hearing things and I don't know what's real anymore, and the doctor goes, Oh, oh, it's okay. They're real. The hallucinations in, in the in, in the, the voices you're hearing are very real. It's okay, make friends with them, you'll be good. That doctor would lose his license. Up until, I believe, in the 70s. And, and maybe even later than that. And I'll get more specific. But facts, nonetheless. This was called gender dysphoria. And it was, it, it was treated as a mental illness. Because the, the reality of it is, is these people really do believe they are the sex to which they are affirming themselves they are. They believe that. So in their minds... If they're a biological man and they want to be a woman, in their minds, they really do believe that they're a woman. So to have an argument with someone over the fact that they are or are not man or woman um, when they absolutely believe that they are is a useless waste of time. It is a waste of time. But that conversation should be had with the medical community. With our leaders across the country. And it should be a serious one where they say, you know what? Stop putting the battery in the backs of people who need help. And telling them they don't need help. And telling them to embrace themselves the way that they are. Because what you're doing. Is you are causing a collision of values. You're causing the destruction of decent society, because when we go out to a restaurant, when we go to a place, and we see a man walk into the woman's restroom, there, and this isn't just Republican or liberal or anything like that. There are people on both sides. We all agree, right and left, agree that men should not be going into the women's restroom. I have a buddy who went to college in uh, San Francisco. This guy. Him and I get into some, some doozies as, as far as political arguments and all that kind of thing. And um, yes, to him, everything is white supremacy and all that. We have all these knockdown, drag out arguments. But when it comes to this bathroom issue and it, when it comes to men co- uh, competing against women in sports, this is the one issue that I have no issue with him on. We both agree on this. So you can get some of the most liberal people there are that haven't drank the, the rest of the Kool-Aid yet. <laughs> That'll tell you these things are these things are not a political thing. This is just a right and wrong thing. I don't want a man in a woman in the woman's restroom with my wife or my daughter. That's not transphobic. To say that because we have a different value system. We don't think or believe the way that you do. And most people in society don't so it shouldn't surprise you or shock you that we have a problem with it. You should be smart enough to understand that there's going to be problems with it. I, uh, I've thought long and hard about whether or not um, that we should be talking about having uh, having a third bathroom for a unisex choice or a family bathroom, something like that where there's just another restroom that kind of alleviates the whole need for this tension. And that can satisfy both sides. Because people, here's the, here's the truth. Yes, I'm as Christian as they come. I love God. I love Jesus and everything to do with him. Absolutely. I don't want to see anyone hurt. I don't want to see anyone hurt on either side. I don't want to see violence committed against anyone and i think that if the problem can be avoided we should avoid it um, and that doesn't and that doesn't mean that uh, i'm condoning enabling or in any way shape or form but you got to understand that these people are here and they're not going anywhere so you know we we have to now figure out how we are going to coexist now in america now i'm dealing with this more on a level of earthly government and and, and that sort of thing that we can address these types of issues that way because you got to give people the freedom to choose and as a Christian I would never force anyone to be Christian love is a choice choice that you must make of your own free will and volition so forcing someone to think feel or believe the way you do is absolute no no some more of that almond milk boy it's good so forcing someone to think, feel, and believe the way you do is absolutely a big no-no. Free will is necessary. And as such, the only thing that we should expect from the other side at that point is that for them to see and try to understand that we are trying to come up with some kind of a compromise. And the only reason we do it isn't to bow down or give in to the other side, because that's, that's your pride talking, if that's what you really think or feel. That's your pride talking. But what it really is doing is stating that I want the longevity of our country. I want to be able to remain free as long as possible and coexist as long as possible. And when you have a government that's not willing to help people because they're not even recognizing these things as a mental illness or a problem, um, but rather affirming that this is just who they are, that's not going to change because if Republicans turn around and say that's exactly wrong and what's going to happen is the left is going to double down and say it's right because, you know, the whole victimhood thing and they really like to play that card quite a bit, as as often as they possibly can. They love playing that card. So we're going to have to bring a little levity to this situation and say, you know what? There's a way we can have our cake and eat it too, and that nobody has to be offended, ostracized, or any of that. Uh, and this is what we can do, and that is how we need to start thinking. Unfortunately, that is exactly how we need to start thinking, because it's gone. It's gotten that far. We're not going back, and this is something that we all have to uh, understand. We're not, we're not going back. Now, as Christians, we're called to be salt. And what that means is we're called to preserve. We're called to stand our ground morally and stand for the values and the value system that we believe and adhere to. But you've got to understand that Jesus loved people. And what he said, he said out of love. That doesn't mean to be quiet, sit in a corner, and and just be okay with everybody and shiny, happy people. No. I know that's what people try to do. But no, that's not what it is. What it is just means is the intention of the person's heart that's speaking doesn't come from an evil place. And they wish evil on nobody. In fact, most of the time that I talk about this, I'm hoping that someone out there that hears it, and I'm able to strike a chord or be the catalyst that causes some type of change or God through me does that for that individual. But I'm not going to go and become or act like or join that crowd and compromise my morality in order to uh, try to win people. That's, that's, not, what we, that's not what we're going to do. It's not what we should do. Um, But we do need to recognize people as having the right to be free in this country. And and as such, that means that we're going to have to find a way to live together. Plain and simple. We need to find a way to live together. And if we can find a way to live together and get beyond this particular set of issues... I mean, we could be a cohesive country once again. And you know what, guys? I, I, I pray for people. It's like, like, the, like, like the Bible says, you pray for, pray for those who oppose you, who persecute you, and do all sorts of evil to you for my name's sake. I know it's a hard teaching. I know it's hard. Turn the other cheek, it's all hard. How many times that I've heard someone say something absolutely ridiculous in a public forum, online, or wherever the wherever it is, and I think to myself, "Ooh!" And you have a zinger ready, and you got to ask yourself, "Where's it coming from? Is it coming from a place of hate, or is it becoming coming from a place uh, uh, of of wanting to help or change?" Um, and so the intention means a lot. But in no way, shape, or form does it mean we're going to compromise our morality or our value system in order to accommodate someone else's um, sense of, a relative sense of reality. That's not going to happen. So we just, like I said, we need to find a way to live together. But moving on to the next thing. Now, there, just, just to keep with this same, because there's so much of this kind of stuff going on that I want to be able to single out those who have gone the extra mile uh, a little extra crazy that sort of thing I, I want to make I want to shine a spotlight on it so that people understand that some of this stuff is absolutely sick to the degree that I don't understand why grown people with common sense even uh, entertain the argument they, they they go and they sit before Congress and uh, uh, Senate in and, and, and town halls and make these spiels and these speeches about things that are apprehensible and no one should be able to defend them and i'm gonna play one for you right now i'm gonna play for you a speech that a woman gives about her child um, and then and this child is 11 years old i'm gonna let you hear it and you tell me you make up your own mind you tell then, me
1: i short. Sure, sorry i was christmas shopping for them they were 18 months old and i bought one of those toy tool benches
0: every time I was making the
1: joke <laughs> That well when one of them comes to me and says they're a man when they're 18 I can't say I didn't see it coming just because they kind of did draw the boy toys and I was just making a joke but I am so glad I said it out loud because I have that in my mind now that at 18 months old something something somewhere was telling me what he knew all along sure of course, okay um, but so when he could start talking he articulated to me that he was a boy mommy I'm a boy mommy i'm a boy and both of my kids did mommy i'm a puppy all that it's it was very different and we drug our feet on it because what you know it's normal to not understand that obviously um so we saw therapists and we saw doctors and ultimately we came to know what he has known all along which is that he really is a boy he really is and i will be starting um, gender-affirming care for him. He's been seeing doctors for
0: years, and it is a very long If you see that, and you don't get angry, if that doesn't upset you, what's wrong with you? There is no way in hell that child came to those con- that conclusion on his own at 18 months. 24 months, 3 years old, no. I believe that some of these parents suffer from a form of Munchausen syndrome. They love the attention that they get for having these children that they claim are transsexual. They love to go sit in front of these committees and these boards and whatnot and, and speak on behalf of a child that can't speak for himself. When they And these same boards and these same leftists say we shouldn't even uh, convict them of any serious crimes or give them any hard sentences until they're above the age of 25 because their brains are not fully formed yet. Yet, this kid's 11 years old at this and during the filming of, of her speaking there. And they're allowing this kid to say, I'm a boy. And they're giving him gender affirm or her gender affirming care. And every adult in that room should have gasped and been offended. CPS should have been at that lady's door checking on that child. But no, the medical community has failed this child. Doctors, indoctrination artists, therapists, indoctrination artists. From a certain political spectrum, agenda, on the other side of a certain line belonging to a certain group, all have eaten the pill, whatever it is that all of a sudden made them all start thinking like this and and acting like this and uh, giving prognosis like this and, and affirming to children this is who they are. I don't believe it, and I'm not alone. Matter of fact, the people out there who think just like me are very much in the majority. And that's just in the United States. If you go worldwide, it gets even bigger. I don't know if the people on the left are very serious about standing by while these things happen, or if they're intentionally causing the conflict because they want the opposite to happen. They know that if they allow these people to go out and push these agendas, and they they push them in people's faces, that the opposite, in fact, will be what happens. So a lot of times, in even some of these victimhood-style cases that that are being forced into the media, the people standing there acting like your champion, they don't care about what you're going through. What they're doing is allowing you to make a fool of yourself because they know the pushback is going to be so hard that your struggle, your fight, whatever it is that you're advocating for, your whole movement is gonna get squashed in the process. Which it has in most in most states, what you'll see is there these procedures and disaffirming care for children has been banned. Good job, Matt Walsh, by the way. And good job to every state, every legislature and every place. That has banned these, this type of treatment. Thank you. You'll be able to face God on judgment day and be able to say you did what was right. Not what was popular, maybe, or seemingly unpopular, rather, not necessarily unpopular, just seemingly. And and you'll be able to, to, to go without any regrets. Remember people, what's true? And what's right, it's, it's not always easy, but it is always right. So sometimes it gets hard to want to fight this fight. And, and it gets hard to to want to get out there and in, 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 in battle and debate and, and go through these lines uh, 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 of communication with people and having this banter, hoping that on some level, some way, somehow, you're going to spark a change and make a difference and wake people up. And there are but so many people on the fence. Most people are, they've already taken sides, and they're already right, and they're already left. And this right here, this middle place, this is, that's a no-no zone for most of those people. They, as a matter of fact, they see those people in this zone as traitors. But it's, it's those people that I want to talk to. It's those people sitting on the fence in the middle, those people that I, that I want to talk to. Because those are the ones that can receive the message. And when they hear it's true, and, and, when, they, and they, when they understand it, they can make better informed decisions and, and truly uh, start standing up for what's right. And, and, and their standards and uh, their morality can be uh, definitely something that can be changed or harnessed for good. You know, I wasn't always a, a, a conservative or a Republican I didn't always think this way, but, you know, through a a, a strange series of events, in an open mind, uh, in some humility, I mean, you can't argue with the truth, and therefore, uh, I've changed quite a bit over time, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, that, that others can do the same, I'm really hoping that others can do the same. Now, moving on to a different story, Elon Musk claims that, uh, or excuse me, that he he actually banned a self-proclaimed Luciferian and anti-Christ as a flag. Oh, so yeah, a, a flag which he claims is promoting pedophilia. And like I said, they're openly talking about this pedophilia stuff on the internet. Openly, like people are making Facebook comments that are, that are just appalling and, and they're finding them funny at the same time. It's, it's really, it's horrendous. These people, (laughs) they, they need help and they, and then there's, then there's the ones that go too far as far as we say child molester. And then some of these people on the left, these activists, these the PC crowd will say, no, 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 they're minor attracted persons. That's cruel what you just said. Criminals and freaks that want to play with kids and do things that I, I don't even like to allude to are being treated like victims and real victims. Tax-paying members of society are having their lives turned upside down. People with a real moral compass are being called evil and intolerant and bigots. We've waited for this day to come as Christians. We knew it was coming. It's not a surprise. Not a surprise at all to us. The only surprise, like I've stated in the past, was how fast it happened. Uh, I was very, very shocked at how fast it happened. They used that pandemic to, to their benefit, to their betterment, to, to do as much of this as they possibly can. And they sput up whatever plan they had to cause this divisiveness and this divide in our country. Oh, my God, did it accelerate in a very short period of time. But kudos to Elon Musk. Kudos to Elon Musk because he stood up for what was right, and he has, for free speech on on Twitter, for outing the FBI and other government agencies, for acting like uh, agents of the government and provocateurs, and coming in and taking away your First Amendment right and silencing your speech if you uh, were out there preaching a message they did not want preached. They only wanted one narrative. So if you deviated from the narrative they were pushing, you're done. And they made sure of it. And they also tampered with the election in the process because many people were polled after the fact that stated that if they would have known that the Hunter Biden laptop story was real and many of those battleground states, they would have never voted for Biden. Well, hot damn, guess what? The laptop was real. And, uh, and now the, now they're back arguing. I don't know if anyone's caught this on the news, but they're literally back to the point where they're starting to argue. Uh, well, the laptop, and this was Hunter's lawyer the other day, uh, essentially trying to argue that they don't know if the laptop's real. They know. <laughs> We've already. This has already been established from the the liberal and conservative media all agree the laptop is real. It's already been validated and verified by everybody. The little letter that you helped all the that you helped people write their Joe on behalf of your son and then had the intelligence uh, community sign on to it after the fact. All of that's been exposed. You've been exposed, quite frankly. Your personality, who you are, and who your family are, are on full display for anyone to read. Anyone who wants to go get Miranda Devine's book called The Laptop from Hell, where all of the statements and things said on that laptop are given in that book by direct quote, go just... Go ahead or watch my son, Hunter, which is the same thing. Listen to what it says. Listen to the statements that he's made. In one statement, they were arguing, not arguing, but um, going back and forth at how how far or how much accelerated uh, was Joe Biden's dementia. And this was Jim Biden and Hunter talking back and forth. There are many statements on there. Many statements about uh, having to give Joe half their salaries. Um, Just many, many statements on there, and many situations that will make you understand exactly who this family really, really is. So that's 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 that thing right there. Now we live in an era where people aren't prosecuted. They're talking about cashless bail. And I get it, I get it. I I, I understand the premise from a constitutional standpoint of a cashless bail. Because you're innocent until proven guilty, right? That's the argument. That's the argument that they're making. I'm innocent until proven guilty. So why is it I'm penalized by having to pay to get out of jail for a crime that you haven't even convicted me of? This is the argument. And it is a conundrum. It really is. Whether or not you want to admit it, it is truly a conundrum. So, the thing is, is that if you committed a violent crime, a violent crime, one in which there are one or more witnesses or enough evidence to substantiate the charge, that person should be held. That person should not be freed. We have a guy here... Who, um, you know, he he killed some folks, raped some folks. And they let him out of prison. And they didn't even go about telling the victims that they were letting him out of prison. And the name, uh, his name was Jesse McFadden. And the woman who he assaulted. Tells a horrific story, and just talks about telling them over and over again. You don't know who you're dealing with. Don't let this man out of prison. Now more people are dead as a result. I talked about the guy who was ran, who ran on stage at the Dave Chappelle show at the, at, at the uh, the stand-up show that he did with a knife in hand, trying to try to kill Dave Chappelle, and everyone saw him do it. Go download the video right now. Go look. And then go look at the man's charges. It's pathetic, people. We're not a country of laws anymore. We're a country of agendas. And a country where criminals get treated like victims and victims get pushed to the back burner. We live in a country where we have a president who denies his own grandchild and a, and a son that wants to do the same. We live in a country where the leader of our country benefits off business deals that he did while he was president, while vice president, rather, with one of our biggest adversaries for millions of dollars and got many of the people in his family paid several, hundreds of thousands, in some cases, probably millions. Dollars or more SAR reports filed from other countries over the, uh, the money transfers going into his accounts I believe there were over 170 at last count 150 now 170 and now we have access to them so I'm dying I'm chomping at the bit for James Comer uh, to go ahead and Jim Jordan as well to, to go ahead and uh, start releasing some more of the information uh, to do with that uh, investigation, but there was another one. There was another one. There was a kid who tried to run down a mother and a child, and he did it in an alley. He did it on camera for everyone to see. There was a, there was a camera there, and he he ran them over, stroller and all. Stroller went flying. Mom went flying and he just drove off. He got probation camp. And when he was out, he reoffended. This happens all the time, people. This is not how you get your prison population down. If you have a prison population that's more than that that's larger than what some people have in their country, you might want to ask yourself why. Why do we have a prison population that's that large? It isn't because we need to change the law. In some cases, we do need to repeal some federal laws. There are just too many laws on the books. I mean, it's very simple to to to, to stop making all these crazy laws and, and it's subsection law, 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 law. It, it's unnecessary. Unnecessary. But if you think those people are in there just because you know, getting pulled into a van and taking to prison for walking down the street. You're wrong. You're wrong. There are people in that place that, believe me, you don't want on the street. You don't want them on the street. Trust me. I've been there. I'm telling you. There are people in there that you do not want out here. And there are also people in there who have changed their lives quite a bit and who may deserve a second chance but you need a system able to identify who they are and that has to be done on an impartial basis not on a political basis not agenda driven and we have a a, an administration here that is pandering to specific groups and people and who ignore others like the tennessee shooter and the victims You know, Kamala Harris didn't go see them when she went down to Tennessee. She went down there to do some race baiting to talk about the Tennessee 3 and why they got expelled. And you've already heard my opinion on that. It's very simple. The House rule stated that they should have been censured, and that should have been what happened. That's it, censuring. I think they went too far. But at the same time, I don't think it should call for the the man who uh, called for that vote to have them expelled. I don't think he should have resigned. I think that's crazy. Um, I think that if both sides can have a little humility in stating they went too far, such as Justin Pearson and his crew when they came in with megaphones into the chamber while they were conducting house business, if he can admit he went too far, then that person who expelled him should be able to admit that he went too far, and that should be the end of it. But only one side ever takes full accountability and responsibility and steps down or does something like that, like... Only one side. I remember when I remember when Lewis Craig solicited uh, homosexual uh, sex from someone in a male in a male bathroom in an airport. He was an elected a Democrat, and he got caught, and and they said, "We need you to resign," and he said, "Yeah, but no, I'm not going to do that. We're not we're not dealing with people that have sins." We're dealing with people that eat their own, have no standard, and they're walking contradictions. On the one hand, they're telling Joe, you know, even a lot of people in his own party are telling him he's too old. They're trying to force um, Diane Feinstein to retire, stating her age. So I, I think they're getting ready to turn on Joe. I don't think Joe realized it. I think they're getting ready to turn on. Like I said, they eat their own. They eat their own. They don't have any standards. So no measuring stick for what's right and what's wrong. So that's what they call freedom. They call anarchy and not having a standard freedom. If you don't have a standard for what's right and wrong, good and bad, then everything's okay. Willy nilly. Nothing means anything. Boy doesn't mean anything. Girl doesn't mean anything. Man doesn't mean anything. Woman doesn't mean anything. Mom doesn't mean anything. Dad doesn't mean anything. Nothing means anything. So we should just come out here and say, because words don't mean nothing either, right? So there's no meaning behind them. If whatever we feel or think becomes a new reality, then, you know, what, what are we doing? This is This is what we expect the next generation to pick up on? Now, I, I know that every generation, the bar gets lower just a little bit more from the previous generation. But damn, <laughs> they lowered the bar on reality. Not just, not just morality, but reality altogether. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it, it's funny, but it's not at the same time. And, and now Joe, Joe wants to go, Joe's becoming this just wild, just crazy out there climate activist, and now what is he doing? He's going after air conditioners. Now, I'm in one of the hottest states in the union. I'm sorry you're not getting my air conditioner. You're not touching my air conditioner. It ain't happening. There is no way in hell people are going to give up their air conditioners. People always talk about this. Uh, You know, what would you do if you could go back in time? And I'm telling you, and I'm being honest with you, the number one reason that I wouldn't want to go back and live in the early 1900s, late 1800s, or even further back, or any of that, is they didn't have air conditioning. (laughs) They didn't have air conditioning. You imagine driving. I say driving. Baba being in a a wagon going from the East Coast to the West Coast in a horse drawn wagon in the heat. Oh, I I couldn't do it. Those people were strong, isn't it, man? Those people were strong. They were a different kind of strong. We don't have that today anymore. That doesn't exist anymore today. Those people were different, they were built. They were built for that. We are not built for that. Joe's not getting our ACs <laughs> or our gas stoves. You'll imagine a, uh, a chef, a real chef, somebody that knows what they're doing, actually knows what they're doing. Nobody wants to cook on an electric stove. You can't, I mean, come on. They suck. The electric stoves are terrible for cooking. I mean terrible. They're going after all these crazy. Climate things. They're eco-terrorists. They're they're taxing everyone to death. You know the one anomaly. The one anomaly. That's out there. I was talking to my wife about this earlier. Is that she doesn't understand. And neither do I. Why it is. That houses uh, housing has not dropped. In value. More than it has. And I have a theory. I have a theory. A working theory. When all the houses were being bought, people like BlackRock and Zillow and other corporations were just going hog wild. And they were they were buying up everything. I know people that had their houses on the market for one day and sold their house. Sight unseen. People didn't even come see it. They just bought it. And I think that a lot of those corporations billionaire corporations or more like BlackRock, right? I don't think that they mind the fact that the house price and housing pricing is dropping. I don't I think that they can afford to allow the prices to drop a little bit and they don't have to drop theirs. Even if the value goes down, when you have people who are well to do and they own so many houses and they're not willing to drop the value of their homes that they have on the market, then the market's not gonna fall as a result. It's a working theory. Maybe someone a little learner, more learner than me on that particular subject can enlighten me. Why interest rates are going up. Why inflation is through the roof. And housing prices are not dwindling the way that they've always had, always, always have in the past. They've always felt, and in, in 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 90% of those other cases, they was not even this bad and they dropped. So, very interested in trying to understand exactly how that happens. Well, guys, as always, it's been fun. And therapeutic for me, at least. But, as usual, silent majority, you guys need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you again on the next Patriot Prayers podcast.